Welcome to Intuitive Seek. My name is Mary Treen, and every week I aim to bring you a grounded approach to all things intuition. Through personal stories, experiences, and practices, offering energetic reflections to help you discover, connect, and fully realize how your unique power of intuition is your own greatest teacher. Hello, and welcome to Intuitive Seek. <laughs> could you hear could you hear my cat meow in the background? That's bandit. I'm gonna leave that in because he's a chatty cat. <laughs> but today I was yeah, today I was thinking about my first Reiki training. And I wanted to tell that story because there's a lot of information out there, of course. You can Google away to your heart's content about what Reiki is and how it's used and all the different kinds of techniques and lineages. But I felt like in my intuition and received that intuitive hit to really speak to the experience that I had because it was not an obvious thing for me to do. It was not the path that I thought I would go down at all. It was not the work that I thought I would start doing. And I truly could never have predicted that I would be working online with Zoom, connecting with beautiful souls from around the world being able to offer distant energy healing in real time. It's just so beautiful because I could never have written it better or more synchronistically than it happened. And that is the magic of truly living your life in an aware or with an awareness that helps you tune into all the signs that are laid in your path to follow, to find your purpose. Now that may sound simple, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think the best way for me to help you discover the signs and synchronicities that are trying to lead you and calling for your intuition to pick up, I want to share the story of when I finally said yes to what my intuition was telling me, even though it made zero sense in my brain. So this was a few years ago. I was still working my corporate job, very unhappy, but I had reached out for help. So this was kind of a transition year where I was really looking after my own energy. I was working with a beautiful energy healer who is an expert at transpersonal spiritual counseling. It's called TSC and or transpersonal energy healing, I think it's called now. And this type of work was so important 
to my development and in my healing and spiritual journey. There's really no other word for it. Journey, I feel like, is so overused, but there's no other word for it. I, I have to call it a journey. <laughs> it really is. It's just a journey. It's all a journey. And this modality was so big for me because it takes you out of your mind and it brings you into awareness of your body, your emotions, your your true kind of essence. Like it really pulls you into your own energy. And that was something that I needed a lot of help in. And then the healing aspects are beautiful. Very similar to what I do in my work as well. And it's just something that is hard to describe, but so beneficial. Like so many benefits. And while I was working with her and being so completely unsatisfied in my work, even though I've been working in this industry for 16 years, I was trying to kind of move out of it for the last pretty much 10 years that I was in it, but I didn't know what to do. I couldn't see past the industry. I didn't have any idea what what I could do to support myself, but also to enjoy my life. I will say I was definitely pretty hopeless. I didn't believe that I would ever really find my purpose. And it was quite frustrating because I had a lot of people in my life telling me that I was already living my purpose but it didn't feel like that. They saw the, you know, fairly successful career that I was having. They saw that as the proof that I was doing something that I was really good at. And that must be my purpose. And I had people in my life tell me, you know, you're really maybe looking for too much out of your job like maybe you need more of a whole life and my yeah they were saying that my expectations were a little bit misguided and I think that is true I think a lot of times people do look to their relationship for everything or their job for everything but my intuition, like it was telling me, and by that I mean the little voice, that inner voice, was saying, there's something else, there's something else. If you could just have a minute of not putting everything you have and all your energy towards doing this job, because that's what it took, because I didn't enjoy it. So it took a lot of energy. Number one sign that you're not doing the thing that you're supposed to do. It drains you and you look around and you don't understand why your coworkers or your colleagues are not also exhausted and unhappy. <laughs> but I knew, I knew there was something else. 
And I had slowly been opening myself up to kind of new avenues because the more that I kind of remembered myself, like reacquainted with who I am, what I like, what I enjoy, the things that make me happy in life, which when I say all those things back to back, it's hard for me because it's so um, self-focused. But I hope that that can kind of help ease your mind a little bit because if you ever feel like you're being selfish or too self-focused on trying to figure out how to have the life that you want to live, it's not self-focused because in a bad way, it's not selfish. It is self-focused, but it's not selfish. Because when you finally find the thing that works for you by focusing on yourself, then you are a better partner. If you have kids, you're a better mother. You are just better. You are better for everyone else around you. By fulfilling your purpose, by finding it, it is for your highest good, but then it also is for the highest good of all. That's how I've seen it work. Like, it really is true. So if you ever feel like all of your development and wanting and yearning to find your purpose is selfish, it's not. Don't worry. It is not. So a few years ago, I was becoming much more aware of my intuition and my intuitive gifts were reawakening and I was becoming really connected to everything around me and understanding that there are signs, there are things for us to find and follow if we just look for them. And that's what I did. When I finally signed up for the training, and I'll tell you the whole story, but I just want to start with that I did it when I was scared, totally uncertain, very anxious, uncertain to the point of second-guessing and thinking about it almost every moment until the actual day came. Second-guessing by, you know, belittling myself in ways that kind of, that inner critic, I don't know if you relate to this, but telling myself, what am I thinking? Like, is this even real? Like, what is energy work really? It's like, I know it's helped me, but can I do it for other people? Will people believe me? Will they think I'm crazy? Is it like way too out there? Is it a waste of money? Am I being taken advantage of? Is the teacher actually going to be real? Is it a real training? Is it going to actually be worthwhile? I hope by listing that off, I really hope I didn't um, scare you or make you too anxious. But that, I just, you know, I went back in time, did a little time traveling, and remembered my brain. And that is how it worked. 
because I did not trust myself. I was working on it, but I did not trust myself. If I did, I would have quit my job, but I didn't trust myself enough to do that. And that's okay because this, this is the way it was all supposed to be. This is how I came to it. So it's all good. But, um, yeah, the, the crux of it is I didn't trust myself. So I was just spiraled, but I trusted a little bit and I thought at the end of the day, what is the harm really? And I felt a little bit more safe with the Reiki training because I had experienced an amazing healing from Reiki when I was 18. I had a terrible accident. I was going down a big flight of cement stairs and there was a lot of people around me. We were kind of leaving a space at night and everybody was kind of running down the stairs and I got knocked down and I didn't get like trampled because there wasn't like that many people, but I was very hurt. The cement stairs, I landed on one of the landings, chin first, broke like eight of my teeth, split open my jaw, you know, really, really badly hurt my pelvic bone. And it was black and blue, bloody, horrific. 12 stitches under my chin, like really, really bad. And what happened was my mom knew this nun who was actually leaving the order, but she did Reiki. And my mom is quite religious. She's um, a very devout Christian and she was working with the church and this nun was working with her and she had mentioned that I had hurt myself quite badly and I was living outside of my hometown at that point, but I came back because I had hurt myself so badly. And she was telling this nun about it. Her name is, was, or is, she's still alive. I haven't seen her, but I know she's still alive. And her name is Sister Rebecca. And Sister Rebecca told my mom, well, why don't you bring her? I'm still living here for now. She was at the, I don't know if it was really a convent, maybe like a nunnery. It was more modern because they weren't Catholic. They were Anglican nuns, so a little bit different. But she said, yeah, bring your daughter. We can do um, this Reiki healing. And they told me that it was kind of like a massage, but different. <laughs> and I was completely up for it because I was in a lot of pain and I was horrified that my teeth were broken. I had to get all these gold crowns and fake teeth and my stitches underneath my chin, they, they did them so tightly that it was um, quite a raised scar. Like this was in the year 2000 and I did not get a plastic surgeon to do it. And it was like very much crisscross. I think they call it like a train track stitch kind of. Yeah. Like a train track stitch tongue twister. 
And I was up for it because I was 18 and very self-conscious and I did not want to have this horrible scar and that could maybe, you know, change the way that my chin lays or that's probably not the right word, but things, I wanted things to heal properly. So I was up for it and I went and I remember going and laying down and my mom stayed in the room and sister Rebecca started at my head. And I remember just feeling very warm, like really warm, but not hot, warm from the inside. So it calmed me down. I felt very warm and then I fell asleep, I suppose, because the next thing I remember is I woke up and my mom said it had been over an hour and I fell asleep immediately and it felt truly like 10 minutes, not even. And it was remarkable because sister Rebecca left quite quickly after she offered Reiki to me. She moved, um, I believe she moved, so she left the church, and then she moved in with some Buddhist monks, I believe, in like the central British Columbia area. I live in Vancouver, Canada, but that's when I was living in Edmonton at the time. That's where I was born, but I moved to Vancouver actually shortly after that accident when I was 19. So... The healing experience of it, I can't, like, there's no scientific evidence. That's kind of the most amazing thing about all of these modalities, especially something like Reiki, where you are focusing universal energy to support our own energy because it's all made of the same thing. It's not proven to work, but it isn't disproven. And it was the year 2000, so I had never heard of Reiki before. Reiki only started in 1922. So it hadn't even been, you know, what is that? 80 or 7, 78 years. It had only been 78 years since it had started being practiced. But I will say, it worked for me. My horrible scar healed beautifully. It wasn't raised anymore. The inflammation went down. And the biggest thing that I noticed, and I really remember because my mom was shocked as well, is that the pain, it managed my pain so well. It was night and day, and I was so grateful to have found it. But I was 18, and when I finally did move to Vancouver that next year, I completely forgot about it. Of course. It wasn't really big. I wasn't in any kind of you know spiritual community. And it just wasn't in my it wasn't in my sphere. But then cut to 18 and a half or so years later. And I, like I said before, um, like I said earlier, I was searching for something, reconnected slowly to my intuition, 
was awakening all the things that I use now in my practice and in my daily life. So one day I was, I was just on the internet, just kind of surfing around and <laughs> I felt the need and I kind of heard Reiki training. Like I need to find out about Reiki training. And I was super puzzled by it because it was not something that I had thought of for 18 years. But there it was. And then there I was Googling Reiki training in Vancouver. How do you become Reiki certified? What is Reiki? <laughs> like, like I really went into a Google kind of, um, I wouldn't really call it, I know some people call Google holes, but it was more of like a Google web. I was in the web. I was on the Google web. And this was a very kind of simple exercise for me to follow my intuition, follow things that I don't know why I'm following it, but it just feels like I should follow it. So I was Googling all around, trying to figure out if there was anywhere nearby or how much it would cost, like all, all the things. Not really thinking that I would do it. I just wanted to know about it. And something really cool happened. The first one I clicked on was a Reiki studio that had been there for almost 20 years. Very, very, very good reviews on the training. And it was like 10 minutes from my house. So close, so close to where I lived, where I could walk and it would be no problem. But then I looked at the address and that was the coolest part because one of my signs for synchronicity and that still is, are the repeated numbers of fours. They've just led me to what I need and what I want over and over again. Some people call them angel numbers. Some people call them, you know, just repeated numbers, signs from the universe, all of those things. I, you know, implore you to call them whatever feels right to you. To me, it's a signal. It is a sign. It is something in my path that is helping me trust that divine guidance. That's what I believe. And so the address was full of force, like full of force. And that made me think, okay, well, that may be a coincidence, but it doesn't matter because it helps me to choose to do this because what really is the harm in doing something new? So I decided to, in that moment, just sign up. It was a few weeks away, but I just did it. And this is not something that I did very easily. I was not someone who signed up for groups. I had friends always wanting to take me to, you know, group yoga classes and group things and retreats and all these things. And I just never did because as a very empathic person, I find it, I used to find it impossible. Now I know kind of how to handle it because I have more of the tools to help me live with my um, empathic energy. 
But being around a big group of people, especially if it's supposed to be something fun, is the opposite for me, especially at that time. Because I just was so distracted by everybody else. So distracted. And then it would take me a while to come down from everybody else's energy because I would really just take it on. So instead of navigating that properly, I would usually just say no because it was just easier for me to just not do it. But I signed up for this and I was very proud of myself because I was not doing new things. You know, I was... I was kind of doing new things. Very, I was baby stepping. I, it takes me a while to do things. I will say that. But then once I decide to do it, then it's kind of full force, but it really takes a lot of research, a lot of time. So this was something new. And in those two weeks, I started getting very scared, very scared. I almost asked for a refund many, many times But I had a few friends that I told about it and they were really supportive. So I thought, well, if they think it's okay, it must be okay. And that is not great. We should not look outside of ourselves for that kind of affirmation. But at this time, that's what I needed. So now it's the day before the training. I'd taken the day off work. And I kept thinking, oh, I didn't get like an email. Like there's no welcome email. I only had the address. I didn't know what to bring. Like I kept Googling and looked at like frequently asked questions and all of that stuff because I wanted to, you know, really satisfy my anxiety by knowing as much as I could about what was going to happen. And it was not working. Like I couldn't get any information, really. I even called the person, the contact information to see if I could confirm that the training was still happening because I hadn't, I had not heard from anyone. But I was walking home from work that day and I kept, I kept hearing and feeling from my intuition that this is something big. Like this, if you can do this, despite the fear, it's going to be, it's going to be really life-giving. So just try it. Like, what is the harm? Even if it's not what you thought it was, this is going to lead you to somewhere else. Like that was following my intuition. And at the time, I always liked to have some wine after work because I was very stressed out and I used it to you know, numb my anxiety and my depression, basically. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't abuse it, but I would kind of call it abuse because I wasn't using it for fun. Like I was definitely using it as a tool and not in a good way. So I went to the liquor store and bought a nice bottle of wine and it came to 1444. And I was like, huh. In that moment, I felt, okay, I think this is definitely, for me, this felt like a sign that I should for sure go to this training tomorrow because the fours were so big for me. Oh, and this is even episode four. Ah, look at that. Okay, so (laughs) I got my wine, put it in my bag, got the receipt, was looking at it, and I was like, wow, that is 
really, that's cool. That's really cool. So then I went to the grocery store that was across the street, picked out all my groceries, got to the checkout. And can you guess what my total was? Yes, it was $44 and 44 cents. And to some, that would be a coincidence. But to me, it was a sign because it was for me. It helped me to feel more confident to go to that training the next day that I was so scared about that I had received zero confirmation about. And it was something that was very, very much out of my comfort zone. Very much. So I took it. I took it as a sign and I felt pretty great about it. Didn't hear back from the person that I left the message for. Checked my emails, checked my junk, checked my spam, like everything. And I was, I was just shocked that there was nothing to confirm it. Because if it was, you know, if I was putting on something like that, I would send out confirmation emails. Here's where you can park. Here's what you need to do. Like looking forward to seeing everyone, you know, like the normal thing. But I didn't get it. So the next morning I wake up. I almost, like I kept having a push and pull. Ah, I shouldn't do this. But then I would remember, well, you had all those fours yesterday. The address is literally like in your neighborhood, not far away at all. The address of the place is all fours as well. So all signs are pointing to just go, just go, just go. So because I was hemming and hawing, I was running a little bit late. So I had to catch the bus because I only had like 10 minutes, I think, 10 or 15 minutes. Because that's another thing that I was doing. Is I was like, well, testing myself. If I'm going to be late, maybe I shouldn't go. All, of that, all the little things to um, that my ego and my fear were kind of keeping me from doing the thing that was going to be the best for me. So I get on the bus. And my stomach is in knots. I'm feeling like, hey, if I go there and nothing is there, then it is what it is. And I lost some money, but what are you going to do? At least, at least I'm doing it. I don't know if you relate to constantly pumping yourself up in your head. I hope that if you are not very nice to yourself in your head. At least you kind of help to balance that out with also pumping yourself up. It's a good idea. So I jumped on the bus and when I got on the bus, I sat down and I looked up and there was a woman standing, holding, like standing on the bus, holding onto one of the poles for, to keep herself steady. And immediately I thought, oh, she's going to be in my Reiki class. Total stranger, never seen her before in my life, very rarely took this bus because I never really had to go in this direction very often, and I have a car, so I usually drove. But that's the first thing, and I thought, well, that's weird. Why would I think that? That's funny. And then we got to the stop, and then we both got off, and we crossed the street together, and we walked in to the building because we were both going to Reiki training. And I was shocked. But in that moment, 
when we walked in together and, you know, politely smiled and, oh, you're, go- oh, okay, yeah, you're, you're going to this too. Oh, cool. You know, the pleasantries. I just felt this sense of deep knowing that I was in the exact right place and I had moved over a lot of invisible obstacles to get there. So I'm going to leave it there for today because it's a little bit of a longer story and I want to make it into two parts because then I'm not feeling like I'm talking your ear off. So I hope you enjoyed part one of how I found my Reiki energy work and how I followed my intuition to find part of my purpose. And I'd love to hear from you if you want to share any synchronicities or signs that you've followed or anything that has really been a beacon of your intuition awakening. Like I love to connect with everybody about that. So feel free to follow me and message me on my Instagram at treenlight, T-R-E-E-N-L-I-G-H-T, or email at hellotreenlight at gmail.com. And if you feel called to leave me a five-star review, because that's all they care about, but if you do feel called to leave a five-star review on iTunes to help support this podcast and help other people find it, that would be incredibly generous and I'd be very, very grateful. So only if you feel called though. And yeah, thank you so much again for taking the time to listen to the first few episodes of this podcast and I'm looking forward to seeing how it evolves and I'm really looking forward as well to share part two of this journey of mine. So be kind to yourself, be gentle on yourself, and I'll talk to you next week.